Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Today we're looking at part nine of our sermon series simply called the Ten Commandments. No, we've been taking an approach that we view the Ten Commandments as being a love letter from God to us versus um, some kind of a dictate from an angry, bitter deity. The Ten Ten Commandments are truly essential to building a strong and healthy civilization. So let's just get right into it. We find the ninth commandment in Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. It reads, You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. The ninth commandment covers really two things. Number one, in a court of law, again, in a court of law, we are not to lie or deceive when testifying. Isn't it true that the backstory? is always helpful to better understand the what and the why behind a thing. So let's look at some backstory. When we look at the Ten Commandments, it is easy to forget how they came about to begin with. Remember, it was God who had heard the cries of the Hebrew people and who were being oppressed and they were in slavery to Egypt and to the Pharaoh. And it was God who sent Moses to set the Hebrew people free from bondage. It was God who delivered them through the Red Sea. Two million people across dry ground through the Red Sea. It had to be an immense celebration when they got to the other side. Here we find Moses now looking at all of the people. And they're excited. I mean, there's celebration. But what now? There is literally no law and order. There's no judicial system. There are no rules. It is wild and crazy as can be. And so the Ten Commandments are really a love letter to build a civilization from God Himself. It's truly a gift. Well, the people were so desperate in need of these fundamental truths so they would be able to take their next step as a newborn nation. And so God gives them the ten. So they'd be able to build a nation. So for a behavior or for an action or for a heart issue to be prohibited by God, In the Ten Commandments, it had to be based on the fundamental understanding that we're trying to build a nation. And if there's anything, anything that would not help build a strong civilization, there's no need for it. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. In this time, there are plenty of those who are shepherding sheep or goats and the like. But there are no commandments on how to responsibly be a shepherd of goats or sheep. I think a civilization could survive a bad shepherd. But the ten 
It's not talking about shepherds. It's talking about fundamentals that will build and be relevant and real for literally the ages and millennia till literally till God comes. So for a, a civilization to not only survive but to thrive, it must not have this contempt for truth. Whether it's inside or whether it's outside the court of law. If people testify falsely or they're deceiving the courtroom, it's impossible to find justice. And without justice or the hope of true justice, there cannot be a civilization. Truth in the courtroom, truth in the judicial system is essential. It's fundamental for building a civilization. The Bible was so adamant about this truth that if a person came and was found to be testifying and bearing false witness, they would be punished at the same degree of the person being accused of a crime. So if it was a capital offense and you were found lying to the court, you would suffer the punishment of capital crime. Wow, they took it very, very serious. Here's number two. In general, we are not to lie or to deceive others. So it's not just to bear false witness in a courtroom, because if that was the case, it would have added that. His name is uh, Dennis Prager. He's an author, a, a host, and all sorts of things. But he says that both the Jewish commentator... Um, Ibn Ezra, and one of the most influential biblical scholars of the 20th century, uh, Brevard uh, Childs of Yale University, that these two, from really two different worlds, that they both agree that the Ninth Commandment was also about truth-telling in general and not just about the court of law. Childs points out, if the Tenth Commandment were solely concerned with truth and with falsehood in a courtroom, then it would have specifically spelled that out by adding the words in the court or in the courtroom. The Ninth Commandment tells us to not give or to bear false testimony. That means that a partial truth is nothing more than a full lie. If a person knows the truth, if they know the truth of a matter and yet they let someone else think or believe a mistruth or a partial truth, or they let someone make decisions based on a mistruth or a partial truth, or they let someone continue on with a plan in their life based on a mistruth or a partial truth, again, the truth of the whole matter is that a partial truth is nothing more than a full lie. And what they are doing is also called deceit because they withheld truth from another person who needed it to go forward in their life. Deceit is also bearing false testimony. 
And the truth is, God values the ninth commandment. He values that being deceitful to people and being deceitful to God and lying is a very, very serious matter. And it should be for us as well. You can find the story of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. But for any civilization to succeed with health and strength and vitality and a hope and a future, it must value truth. It has to have truth as a core value on how they operate their society. Let me illustrate. When people become committed to a cause, a political cause, even good causes, and that cause is not established with a foundation and a core value that we will operate this organization on truth, well, they become very, very susceptible to the temptation of being dishonest. And they will lie, chill, cheat, destroy. They will do anything they can to further their cause without any concern of truth. You see, truth has to be a core value. There's so many examples of this. There's the example of a famous politician who has to lie to cover up the corruption. Or there's the media that refuses to report all the different stories because they're, they're afraid of the repercussions because they support a preferred politician. Or social media that decides to block or to silence a particular person or organization's um, Twitter account or Facebook account because they have a political slant. Or a political election polls that are not accurate but lean one way or the other it doesn't matter which political group you're in when people are not able to trust society whether it's media or politicians or government we begin to crumble as a society this is why the ninth commandment is so critical to growing a society, a civilization. Truth matters. The future of any country, the future of any state, of any city, of any individual, always is determined upon the foundation of truth. A story is told about a, a middle-aged pastor in a small Midwest community who had been falsely accused. It was a vicious and scandalous story, and it just swept through the city like a wildfire. Have you heard about the pastor? Can you believe it? He ought to just leave town. Guess he had all of us fooled. Oh, his poor wife and kids. But after a period of time, the rumor was found out to be just that. 
an ugly, vicious, empty rumor without any basis in fact at all. But the damage had already been done. Many people in the town had now believed every word of this rumor. And they were not willing to change their mind. They were saying, well, there has to be something of truth in all of this. I mean, it was the talk of the town everywhere. I mean, that's the power of a false accusation. Sometime later, there was a couple, and they came to talk to the pastor. They were under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and they wanted to apologize because they were the source of the rumor. They confessed that they had known all along that the rumor and the false accusations were not true. And they asked the pastor for forgiveness. They personally destroyed this man's good name. They were bringing destruction to the ministry and to the church. And the godly pastor said, Of course, I forgive you. But I would, I would like to ask, the two of you to do something for me, and it might seem rather strange at first. Well, the couple were so excited. Yes, anything. We'll do anything you ask, Pastor. Anything. He says, it's going to be kind of strange. You go, no, it's okay. Please, Pastor, anything. He says, okay, all right. Here's my request. I would like for you to go home, and I want you to butcher a chicken, and I want you to pluck the chicken. Gather all the feathers, put them all into a sack, and then I want you to come to me. And then, after you have that, I want you to leave the church and go into every street corner and scatter some feathers. Then I want you to go to the schools, scatter. Then I want you to go to all the different churches and all the different parks. I want you to go to everywhere, the markets, the post office, everywhere. And then finally, I want you to go to the big water tower over there by the post office. And I want you to get on top. And from the north to south, the east and the west, I want you to scatter all the rest of the feathers into the wind. And then, then you can come here. And... Uh, can you do that for me? They just looked at him and they said, that is, uh, yeah, yeah, that, but they were just, how strange. They didn't understand. He says, okay, thank you. Let me know when you got it done. Well, well they got up and they worked their way to the door, but by the time they got to the door, the pastor said, oh, 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 oh one more thing. I want you, when that's all done, to go back a few days later. And I want you to gather up each and every one of the feathers that you personally had scattered throughout all the city into all the different places. 
and even from the big water tower. Make sure you get each one that you personally scattered and put them all in that bag and then bring that bag of feathers and bring it all back to me. Well, the husband just goes, Pastor, that's impossible. The wind will have blown all those feathers to seven different counties by then. There's no way we can do that. That's impossible. The pastor, he didn't say a word. He just looked at him. It didn't take long for the truth of the pastor's illustration to begin to dawn on the couple and they both just dropped their heads down. They began to understand. That's what they had done. You see, folks, yes, of course, of course, of course, the couple could be forgiven for their actions. But no one was ever going to be able to undo the damage that they had brought onto that pastor and his good name to the wife, the kids, and all the wonderful church-going people. The couple who had originally thought it was their right to scatter false and slanderous accusations could just see just how wrong it was now. But it was too late to make it right. So, why would God include the ninth commandment into the Ten Commandments? Well, number one, because we, like the people, the couple in the story, we can and do damage or damn and destroy people when we speak untrue words about them. Jesus clearly experienced this. This awful reality, which is what led him to the cross. How they had this illegal criminal action in the middle of the night, violating laws just so that they could bring him to his demise. We see this here in Matthew 26, verse 59. It says, Inside the leading priest and the entire high council, we're trying to find witnesses who would lie about Jesus so they could put him to death. I mean, this is horrible. These people were not just wanting to gossip. They wanted him dead. They wanted him destroyed. It says in Proverbs 18, verse 21, the tongue can bring death. Or life. When, whenever someone says something to an individual or about an individual that is less than what God would say or believe or do about that individual, you're bearing false witness. See, God takes this very seriously. See, the Lord is so specific about what He wants us to stop doing and what He wants us to start doing. 
Let's look at Ephesians 4.25. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body. Wow. You know, unfortunately, there are, are some who just start terrible raging fires with their words. It may start with a tiny spark here and a tiny spark there. But that is all is needed to destroy a whole community. Those fiery words can wipe away the work of generations just by one uncontrolled spark of a fiery word. James, he writes in chapter 3, verse 5 through 8, In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting our entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Verse 7. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Folks, many people are just unaware of the amount of damage and devastation that people with their words can and that they do cause. And yet, like Ananias and Sapphira, they think that violating the ninth commandment by being deceitful, not just lying, but being deceitful and gossiping, it's no big deal. Folks, a partial truth is nothing more than a full lie. There is no such thing as a white lie. Another reason why God would include the ninth commandment into the ten is God intends that the words of His church would touch the world with His gospel. Hey, God knows that a loving word matched up with a loving deed, a loving action, would be the greatest source of evangelism. John chapter 13, verse 34 says, So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. But you're probably looking and saying, but pastor, what if I'm the one who has scattered fiery words about other people? What if I have spread cynical, toxic poison about people with my words? What can I do? You know, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the answer is kind of simple. You need to get a lot, an abundance of Jesus inside of you. Without the help of God, it is going to be impossible to be able to go forward. 
It's something that can't be tamed. But we know Jesus has conquered all, including our tongue. So we need to get an abundance of the Holy Spirit, an abundance of Jesus inside of us. And then out of the abundance of the heart, our tongue will speak. David, he's the one who really figured this out. He said in Psalm 19, verse 14, He says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I mean, look at David's humbleness and his transparency. David saying, God, you're my strength, God. You are the one who redeems me. You are the only one who can help me to do this. I want to please you, Lord. But... I keep thinking the wrong thoughts. I keep saying the wrong things. Oh God, help me. Strengthen me today. And God will. He will guide your heart, which will guide your tongue. Folks, the Ten Commandments are all there to warn all of us. The Ten Commandments are relevant and they're foundational for each of our lives and for the communities that we live in. Folks, no cause is more important than truth-telling. If this is something in your life you struggle with, would you ask God to forgive you and set you free? The Bible says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. Father, I pray right now for each and every person watching Lord, I pray you would just bless them that as they would just lift up their life to you and just say, Jesus, forgive me. I I violated the ninth commandment. I've hurt other people. God, would you come and set me free from this? I need an abundance of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in me. Help me, Father. What is my next step? Oh God, I pray you would fill them with your presence, you would set the captive free and you would show them there is a way. Oh, Father, we pray your will. We pray your way. Bless your people in the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus, we pray. And we all say, amen. God bless. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.